With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. My co-hosts today are Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. Hello, guys. Back again. Back again. Two in a row for you. Two in a row. Wow. That's what an honor for us, really, and the listeners. (laughs) It's a feast or famine edition on Thanksgiving. Did you feast with guys like Dak Prescott, Dawson Knox? Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson. I did. Or, bragger, or did you get famine on Thanksgiving? DeAndre Swift, Darren Waller. Did you fall for the Tony Jones hype right before game time? Oh, I hope not. I hope not. That's uh, That was a trap right there. Boy, is that offense broken. I stopped crying about Waller like two minutes ago, and you got to bring that up. Yeah, sorry about that. We, uh, right. We're here to help in either case. If you, are, if you feasted on Thursday, we're here to help you protect your lead. If you got famine on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, we're here to help here to help you make up ground on your opponents. We will do that over the course of the show with take a chance on me. Three tough questions, premature speculation, and we will break down all the remaining games for this weekend. Gentlemen, let's start with the Falcons and the Jaguars. Scott, this was a Falcons offense that looked hopelessly broken last yeah. time we saw them. They face a surprisingly stout Jaguars defense. Yeah, they, they do. The, the Jags defense has been really good lately. In fact, they've held three of their last four quarterbacks they faced under 200 yards. Josh Allen was the one that got over, but he didn't even throw a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So I have Matt Ryan and basically most of the passing game on the bench. Uh, Gage, uh, Russell Gage has been a 40 to 70 yard guy three out of the last five games, but the two he, he didn't get in that range. He got complete goose eggs. Yeah. Not even a catch. Right. How can you Can't trust him that. here? No. And if you go by the rule of every other, like we were with Gaskin no, last no, week, no. I mean, then, <laughs> then we got a zero on our hands. Uh, Zacchaeus, he did have that nice two-touchdown game a while back, but he hasn't had over 32 yards in any game this season. He's yeah. on the bench. Uh, 
Cordero Patterson is the question mark. He's questionable. He's put in some limited practices this week. I think week. it's a trap. I do too. I think it, I think it's gameplay. The last week I didn't think he was going to play at I all, and he did. No. And this week I'm I'm hesitant. I, I I would give him a C grade if he plays because I feel like he's the kind of guy like if they get ahead, mm-hmm. he's going to run the ball. If they are behind, they're going to throw the ball to him. So like yeah. he stays in the game no matter what. I'd give him a C grade if he goes. Uh, the other running backs, however, Quadri Allison and Mike Davis, I have them on the bench. It was too much of a split. They said they want to get Allison more work, but they were really ineffective with that amount of work last week. I have them both on the bench. It's a lot of bench grades they, so they far. They really are. Now over to Kyle Pitts. Oh, Brian. Mm-hmm. It's a nice spot in that seven tight ends have had 50-plus and or a score like against it. the Jags. Okay. Here's the problem yeah. with Pitts. He's being treated like an elite receiver. The average PFF grade of cornerbacks he's getting is facing is in the top 12 of receivers. Wow. Meaning he's seen Debo Samuel, DeAndre Hopkins level 70 plus grades from the corners on, on him. Yeah. A few weeks ago, uh, Stefan Gilmore shadowed him few, uh, a week or two weeks ago. Lattimore covered him the majority of the time. He sees double coverage or help on 20% of his routes against the Pats last week. 31% of the time he saw double coverage or help. And this is why He's, this is why all the people that told you, oh, with Calvin Ridley out, Kyle Pitts is gonna yeah. blow up. No, it does you know, for the millionth time, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, when you take the best receiver off a team, it only hurts everybody. And by the way, well, second that, best receiver, but yeah, it still hurts. That kind of proves the point of Pelajek taking away your best receiver if he threw doubles out of thirty-one <laughs> percent of the time. That's right. Um the Jags may take a similar route with Shaquille Griffin and throw him on pits. So I have merely a C grade despite an okay matchup. It's just he's a top-end talent, and in some of those games, he would go three for 60, which is a decent game even against that top coverage, but there's it's – He's getting too much double coverage and top top cornerbacks. We'll break down Kyle Pitts in more yeah. detail later in this show. On the other side, I have the whole passing game on the bench for the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence hasn't topped 165 yards passing in three straight. 165. Yeah, yeah. That is nothing. That's nothing. That's that's like half a deck Prescott game. Mm-hmm. That's it's basically nothing. Uh, he just lost Jamal Agnew for the year. The the Falcons, I don't care that they're bottom 10 against against quarterbacks. Uh, Lawrence is similar to like the Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold types who all threw for under 200 against them as well. Yeah. Um, so I have the whole passing game on the bench. I don't care that they say they want to get Chenault more in that Agnew role and get him touches at running back. I can't trust it till I see it. Agreed. James Robinson, though, I'm giving a C grade to. He's been pretty ineffective with his injured ankle and knee despite lots of touches uh, in the two two weeks since returning from injury. Those 30 touches, 122 total yards, and a score in two games. But he gets a C here on the volume. I'm a volume C guy. Mm-hmm. If you are if you tell me a guy's getting 15 plus touches and it's a bottom 10 rundy, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you the C grade. That that's that's about all I can give you as long as you're still hurt. Bucks take on uh, the Colts, Brian. This Bucks passing offense hasn't looked quite right without Antonio Brown. And so does that mean we're gonna get a little more Leo Fournette in this game? I don't know if we'll get more of him, but uh, I don't love the matchup for Fournette. Uh, I don't love the matchup for running. We'll get to the the, the most elite running, running back in the NFL in a second uh, on the Colts side. But starting with Fournette, uh, just to see for him, he's failed to top 50 rushing yards over his last three games. He's had some tough matchups mixed in there. The Saints were one of them. Ronald Jones did steal a touchdown from Fournette last week. That didn't help matters much. But uh, the Colts are ranked fifth against the run by Pro Football Focus. 
But receiving-wise, Indy is allowing four catches, 40 yards per game to running backs, so that should provide some opportunities for Fournette to produce through the air. Among running backs, he's fourth in targets behind only DeAndre Swift, and that was before Swift played on Thursday night. Sure. Najee Harris and Austin Eckler. Then it's Leonard Fournette. No one really would have predicted that going into the season, especially after Tampa Bay signed Gio Bernard. So Fournette very active in the passing game. He is startable, but just a C grade for him. Uh not the opposite of a C, but an A for Mike Evans. The Colts are allowing one and a half touchdowns per game to wide receivers, the highest clip in the league. They've surrendered six scores to the position over the last four games. Not much more to say here for Evans. He gets an A, and so does Chris Godwin, uh, especially now that Antonio Brown has been ruled out yet again. Uh, just mentioned the monster numbers posted by opposing wide receivers uh, against the Colts, who've also been smoked by uh, slot guys like Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, so love Godwin this week. He gets an A. Really like Gronk as well. Uh, a B for him in his four healthy full games this year. Gronk is averaging seven targets and has finished inside the top eight at uh, the tight end position in three of them. The Colts are allowing the sixth most points, uh, fantasy points per game to tight ends, so a B for Gronk. And then an A for Brady because all of the plus matchups for his pass catchers, but just for fun. Uh, now, all these games I'm going to mention are with the Patriots, of course, but the uh, but Brady has thrown multiple touchdown passes in nine of his last ten games. Nine times. Thank you. Nine times. And he had a hat trick in more, than, in more than half of those games against the Colts, so he's been kind of slaying them over his career. So an A for Brady. Now over to the Colts side. And uh, we'll start with Jonathan Taylor. Or uh, uh, not a lot we need to even say here, right? Jonathan uh, Taylor, I like to Tay call Lord. him. Oh, I like that. Uh, with uh, uh, Vita Vea not potentially playing in this game, probably not playing in this game. That opens uh, up the I'm running reading game a lot. He's likely to come back in this game. Oh, Vita right. Vea. Okay. And we'll Quentin see. Nelson aggravated an ankle injury last week against the Bills. He did. So, he was on the cart. Uh, carted him off. He's looking unlikely to play. I'm still going to give Taylor the A, though. Has been going absolutely berserk since week 14, totaling 15 touchdowns in eight mm. games, scoring at least once in each of them. But Tampa Bay is an elite uh, run defense, allowing just 55 rushing yards per game, less than 100 combo yards per game to the position. But uh, you can't give Taylor anything less than an A at this point. He's got he's to earn the B. I guess you can put it that way. So an A for Taylor. I will give Michael Pittman a B, though. Uh, was posting big numbers not long ago, but Taylor has totally stolen the show in recent weeks. But this could be a bounce-back spot. The, the Colts are unlikely to get back starting corner Carlton Davis. And um, they haven't faced a ton of tough wide receivers over the last month. Terry McLaurin is really the only good wide receiver they faced. He did have six catches for 59 yards. I'll give Pittman that as a safe floor, but he does have touchdown upside. He is a monster in the red zone, so a B for Pittman. I so I don't I wasn't aware that T.Y. Hilton made his like third or fourth return from injury yeah, he's, last week. Yeah, right, he's back. Uh, but I still got him on the bench and every other Colts wide receiver. I also have Mo Ali Cox, Jack Doyle on the bench as well. It is a decent matchup, but they kind of vulture each other, uh, whether it's at the goal or you know in the red zone or just outside of the twenty. So they're on the mm. bench. But Carson Wentz is not. I'll give him a C. Indy might be forced to throw more against uh, Tampa Bay, who have a stellar run defense. Like I said, they own the highest opponent passing play percentage at 67%, so uh, I'll give Wentz a C. All right, Steelers take on the Bengals. Uh, love this game for Najee Harris. He destroyed the Bengals in the earlier matchup. You remember that was his 
14 reception game yeah. earlier this year. That's they're not going to let that happen again. He's Obviously, not getting 19 targets tape, in this right? one. He's not going to get 19 targets. They're going to watch the tape. They're going to take that away to some extent anyway. But the Bengals are allowing the most receptions and fourth most receiving yards per game to a <laughs> Partly to do that. Yeah, well, that, that that did pad some of those stats for sure. Um, and just in general, they've struggled against yeah. running backs, allowing 185 total yards to runners, second most over the full over a full season here. And and that's just over the last three games. So Harris is an obvious eight. Let's go to the passing game. I want to start with Deontay Johnson. Get this. Since week six, which is a while ago now, since you know, over the past five weeks, only Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup have more targets than Deontay Johnson. Now, he's only scored once over that span, and it's the touchdowns have never really been his game, but he gets you to a solid 82 game uh, average of 82 yards yeah. per game, and we'll take that. Um, he missed the first the earlier matchup with the Bengals. He was out for that game, but last year crushed him, went over 100 yards in both of the games. So yes. this is a good opportunity for Deontay Johnson, who comes in with a B grade. Just a C grade on Chase Claypool here. Uh, Bengals start Chidobi Awuzie and Eli Apple on the outside, and they've combined to allow two scores in the last three games. So there's a, a decent chance there. The best reason to start Chase Claypool is just because He's so much bigger than those guys. Four yeah. inches and 30 pounds on both of them. And part of his problem recently, even before the injury, is he's not getting separation, so it's a lot of contested catches. With that size advantage, he, he, he can, can work get that. those catches. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, had a big game against the Bengals the previous meeting, but again, Deontay Johnson wasn't on the field for that one. Pat Fryermuth. I yes. like him here a lot. Eric Ebron's been ruled out. And over the last five weeks, Firemuth averaging over seven targets per game. Mm-hmm. And over those last five weeks, he's the third highest scoring fantasy tight end. And over that same span, averaging five receptions per game, he scored four times. And the last time these teams met, he scored. Mm-hmm. So Firemuth, a B grade in that one. Roll all of that together, and I've got a C grade on Ben Roethlisberger with some B upside. But we're calling it a straight C. This is not a... We're not changing anything here. This is still just a C. I didn't say anything. Hmm. All right, good. Over the last two games, multiple touchdowns for Ben Roethlisberger. He rarely does that as a one-touchdown-per-game guy. Prior to that, he had thrown for exactly one score in six of the first seven games, including the earlier matchup here. Bengals held, held Derek Carr in check last week. But in their two prior games, they'd given up combined five touchdowns to Baker Mayfield and Mike White. So Roethlisberger's got some a little better upside than the C, but on the law, on the whole, I still can't get him past that C grade. Let's go to the Cincinnati side. Joe Mixon is an obvious A. He's arguably the second hottest running back behind only Jonathan Taylor, averaging 107 total yards and one and a half touchdowns per game over the last five games. He's an obvious start here. Let's go to the passing game. Jamar Chase gets a B grade. He's matchup proof, but... He'll face uh, two capable veterans in the form of Joe Hayden and Cameron Sutton. Hayden missed the last game of the foot injury. Sutton gives up a 70% catch rate. So Chase has got the upper hand on in those scenarios. Over the last three weeks, he's averaged just 37 yards, though, which is a bit of a worry. Uh, I don't think he's hitting the rookie wall, per se, but I think there is a little bit of concern there. Fortunately, still getting lots of targets, and with enough volume, he should be able to overcome a capable but not great secondary B grade. On Jamar Chase, C grade on T. Higgins with a massive dud last week. Prior to that, he had notched at least 58 yards and or a score in, in five of the previous seven games. Uh, he was inactive for the earlier game against Pittsburgh, but his career best game came against Pittsburgh last year. Higgins has slightly positive matchups. 
against the aforementioned uh, Hayden and Sutton on the outside. He's got a C grade. Tyler Boyd, startable in this game. Uh, he runs from the slot. He's scored in two of the last three full games against the Steelers. And fellow slot receivers Keenan Allen thumped him for a, a season-high 112 yards last week. Their main slot defender is usually Trey Norwood, who gave up 100 yards, a score, and a perfect passer rating against the Chargers last week. Put all those receivers together, and I've got a B-ish grade for Joe Burrow. Oh, what's that mean? It means a B. He's okay. ice cold with back-to-back duds, and the Steelers don't really feel. And you know what? I'm going C grade. C grade on Joe Burrow. Steelers are not a get-right spot. Especially with Minka Fitzpatrick coming back for this game, and he will for this one. Uh, Burrow posted three touchdowns in the earlier meeting, but he was way hotter than that. Given how cold he's been and, and how lukewarm I am on his receivers, I'm just going with a C grade on Joe Burrow. Speaking of, of C grades, yeah. Scott Fitch really should have given one to Dan Arnold. I'm a little PO'd right now. But <laughs> I, got, I, I, got I, sh- I should have. I should have given him a C grade. All right. All right. Great, Dan. All right, there, there you go. go. Right. Thanks, Scott. Okay, if you—that's what you wanted. I like the passing game on the bench. How many catches did Dan Arnold have last week? Well, he had zero targets. It wasn't his fault. But uh, three of the oh, five okay. tight ends to see at least five targets against the Falcons to finish top six. And Arnold's going to see his at least at least five targets. How many targets did he have last week? Zero, putting it not as well. I'm, oh, okay. I'm fine with it. I, I had a bench grade. I'm fine with you. The Jaguars didn't get the though. ball until like a minute left in the first quarter. When the first we time. come back, take a chance on me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup will tell you who they are when we return. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. starting lineup will give you quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers so you can pick up off the waiver wire in many cases and give a start this week. We begin at the quarterback position and Scott Fish. 
Yeah, I'm going to start with uh, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, mm. excuse me, gets a Jets matchup. The Jets have allowed 250-plus yards and multiple scores to six straight quarterbacks. Taylor has wow. multiple scores in all four of his full games this year. Actually, even the game that it wasn't full game, he had multiple scores. Uh, six passing and three rushing. He's also averaging 20 to 30 uh, rushing yards per mm. game and a score per game. Four touchdowns rushing. Yeah, you gotta like give, that. give me Tyrod Taylor. All right, I like it. Uh, your quarterback, Brian. I got Big Mac Jones at home against the Titans. Now, I'm a little worried about the, how this game script might turn out for the New England uh, pass attack. We'll, we'll talk about this game <laughs> later. Not, they are not going to need to pass much. But still, Mac Jones has looked great. Uh, over his last two games, has completed 84% of his pass attempts, uh, and he didn't get a chance to light up the box score in last week's spanking of the Falcons. Uh, Jones did have a hat trick in Week 10 against Cleveland. Would have had four touchdown passes, but Brian Hoyer came in for in. For relief, it wasn't really relief. He threw a touchdown pass, so it should have been a four-touchdown game for Mac Jones. Tennessee does own the third-highest opponent passing play percentage at 63%. And that, now they're not going to need to do that this well, week. Well, the, the, the Patriots jump out ahead, and they will. It could be mm-hmm. through the air from Mac Jones. Uh, the Titans have allowed at least 290 passing yards and or multiple passing touchdowns in three of their last four games, so I'm going Mac Jones. Where he could get paid off. They might run up to the goal line, let Mac Jones throw, you know. He could get a three-touchdown game on eight-yard, five-yard, and four-yard touchdowns. Bill Belichick might let him have some fun in this one. They might. They might. I've got Jimmy Garoppolo going up against the Vikings. Vikings will be missing all four of their starting defensive linemen in this game. Garoppolo's going to have plenty of time. And over the last three games, with Garoppolo healthy, Samuel healthy, Ayuk healthy, and George Kittle healthy. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in every game, and he's topped 322 yards in two of the three games. He's proving to be, begrudgingly to many, proving to be a serviceable fantasy quarterback. There are a lot of people who do not like to think of Jimmy Garoppolo that way. Uh, This is a very good opportunity. Minnesota just got eviscerated by Aaron Rodgers last week. I don't think we're going to see like 400 yards and four touchdowns here, but a solid game from Jimmy Garoppolo coming up. Scott, let's go to the running back position. Who you got? I have Ty Johnson in that same game against the Jets, the Jets Texans game. Uh, Michael Carter is going to be out for a few weeks here. The Texans are allowing over 4.8 yards per carry, which is good for most in the league. They've allowed the second most rushing yards. It's, Coleman might get some work, but Mm -hmm. even before Carter went out, Ty Johnson was stealing not just receiving work, but goal line work. He was sharing the goal line carries with uh, Michael Carter, so I think he takes that on. Now, Mike White is the only quarterback that was targeting running backs in that offense. Like (laughs) Their games were like two catches, two catches, three catches, two catches Mm -hmm. total for the running backs, except for Mike White, who threw four completions per game to the running back. Uh, But he he gets that work. He gets the goal line work. I have a C grade on him, so he's he's my Ty Johnson. Makes sense. All right, Brian, you take a chance of me running back. I got Dontrell Hilliard, uh, who a lot of people might be saying. uh, Tennessee Titans uh, running back uh, at the Patriots, a game I just mentioned. Uh, Jeremy Jeremy McNichols has been ruled out. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, McNichols was out last week. Hilliard played more than 60% of the snaps in his first game with Tennessee in that game. He was also very active in the passing game, catching eight of eight targets. we mentioned, I mentioned earlier, uh, the Titans likely to fall behind in this one. will be a positive game script for Hilliard. The Patriots have allowed the seventh most receptions and third most receiving yards to opposing running backs this year. So Dontrell Hilliard. And PPR, of course, and standard leagues, 
Maybe not so much, but most people play some form of PPR these days. So. I think we've put a different Titans running back into this spot three straight weeks. <laughs> right. so we might not be done either. Chase the hot. The I hot have not. I will not do. Lamar that. Miller's still out there <laughs> waiting in the wind. Oh, and if anybody's <laughs> going to do it, it'll be you. I've got J.D. McKissick going up against Seattle, coming off a season high in rushing yards, which is great. But where McKissick's always going to be more reliable is through the air. Um, if Seattle can just manage to like hold serve or maybe even take a lead for a little while, which is not a given, but if they can, that will keep Washington from grinding out the game with Antonio Gibson. Seattle gives up the sixth most receptions and the most receiving yards to running backs. And that's where McKissick comes in here, of course. And McKissick's going to get most of what is it? Well, they're averaging seven receptions and 73 yards. I'll take seven receptions and 73 yards out of J.D. McKissick. Yep. That would be fantastic or something close to that if he's going to get most of it. Let's go to the receivers. Well, you yeah. omitted one very important fact there as well. It's a revenge game for J.D. McKissick. It is a revenge a- game. And he had That's one right. last oh year with Washington against Seattle. He had a great game. I think Gibson was ruled out entirely of that, that game. So, but still, I love the call. All right, good. Uh, let's go to the receiver position. I am piggybacking off of Charch's pre-spec from last week to go pick up Evan Ingram. Hey, yes. And now, I'm now we're going to start him. Start him here now. Not just start him. I actually have an A grade on him in this matchup. Wow. It's death taxes and tight end scoring against the Eagles. Uh, we got, okay. Uh, the Eagles have allowed eight touchdowns on the season to seven different tight ends. Uh, they just give up a ton of yards. And also Kyle Rudolph might not be playing in this, which opens up even more I think Rudolph, for tight ends. I'm almost certain Rudolph yeah. will not go in He's this doubtful. Way. He's doubtful yeah. at yeah. the moment. Yeah. It's, Christmas. Like it. it's Christmas time. He can't, he can't be playing football. Uh, sorry. Rudy. Rudolph. Oh. Sorry, nine touchdowns gotcha. the Eagles have let up to right, tight well, ends. Better. My uh, favorite uh, Eagles tight end stat was against the Chargers. They allowed two to finish inside the top five, and neither were Jared Cook. <laughs> but Jared Cook finished <laughs> still like great. top 15 That's in that great. game, too. Yeah. All right, Brian, your receiver. Uh, not a tight end. I got um, Carolina's Robbie Anderson at Miami. Opposing wide receivers are averaging more than 15 catches, 190 yards, and a touchdown per game against the Dolphins. Anderson has seen 12 targets over the last two games to the 14 of DJ Moore, so he's right on, on pace with him in terms of targets. Both have nine catches across those two games, so I see major upside for Robbie, who uh, looks rebooted with Cam Newton at quarterback. He and Sam Darnold did not click at all. And quick side note on Robbie Anderson, since the start of 2016, he's tied for second in touchdowns of 40-plus yards. Tyreek Hill is in first by a mile, but then it's Robbie Anderson. And when you think about Robbie's quarterbacks during that span, it's like Sam Darnold, yada, 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 Sam Darnold again. A little P.J. Walker mixed in there. Safe floor, huge. So Robbie Anderson, one of those guys, if you're you're in a deep hole after Thanksgiving. Yeah, you need an all-nothing play. He has upside, and he's available. Uh, Brandon Ayuk goes up against the Vikings, and – at this point, we can safely say Brandon Ayuk has got four paws out of the doghouse. <laughs> He's actually, get this, Ayuk has actually outsnapped Debo Samuel in four straight games. He's managed 85 yards and a touchdown in two of the past three games. And Ayuk passes the eye test. I mean, if you watch him play, he, always has. he looks yeah. he looks fantastic. Um, he's working hard, and here's the Vikings giving up the most yards to opposing receivers, 204 per game, and they've allowed five 100-yard receivers in their last four games. Brandon Ayuk, nice play. In fact, you could couple him with my take-a-chance-on-me quarterback, the Garoppolo to Ayuk angle, and there it is. there's another what Brian was just talking about. You're down from Thursday's games. Mm-hmm. Here's your chance to make up a mm-hmm. little bit of ground right there. 
Let's turn our attentions to a uh, to not a great game. Jets taking on the Texans. <laughs> Texans, Scott, on the Jets side, you already told us you like starting running back Ty Johnson. What I do. do. What do you think about the passing game for the Jets with Zach Wilson back at the helmet? I've gotten so many questions about whether or not they can trust Elijah Moore. Yeah, I, <laughs> I like Zach Wilson's arm talent. I don't know that I can trust his fantasy production or the amount of interceptions he'll get mm-hmm. based on earlier in the season. So I'm, I'm still going to have him on the bench despite a plus matchup against the Texans, but really that was Stafford and Murray and Allen, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford that went for an average of 300 yards and they, they had eight scores combined between them. The other seven quarterbacks against the Texans, 267 yards, one touchdown and two picks yeah, was their average. Uh, the, te- the Texans defense has been shockingly yeah, competent. Yeah. They, they weren't good against the three really elite yeah, quarterbacks, sure. but others. So I have Wilson on the bench. However, Elijah Moore, He's your wide receiver one weeks, eight through 11. Highest scoring wide receiver, wide receiver over the last whatever, yeah. three weeks. Yeah, Tons and tons of targets, but he hasn't played with Zach Wilson for since earlier in the season when they, they weren't on their same page and he wasn't getting a lot of work. Right. Uh, all three, I'm going to go with all three of these guys, Moore, Davis, and Crowder. All, all three have six-plus targets in five straight full games they played, mm. which they're, they're all getting spread out work. I'm giving more the B grade as the guy who's done it a ton recently. They really trust him. He scored four touchdowns in the last three weeks, getting the most of the targets. He's also kind of the big play guy, so I have a B grade on him. I'm going to give the the, the C grade to Davis if he goes. He might not go in this right. one. He's, he's dinged up right now with a couple injuries. Uh, if he goes, he's a guy that's got 40-plus yards in six of eight games, and he's scored in, in you know four of those, in half his games. So uh, I have a B grade on him. Jimson Crowder, I have on the bench. Uh, he's really a spot play against bad. We, we called it last week against Miami. They're terrible against the slot. We had we had Crowder starting. Here he gets slot corner. Uh, Tavier Thomas, who switched to slot, slot corner in week four, and since then it has been PFF's 17th ranked corner. Wow. Since, since right. jumping into the slot. All right. Uh, the outside corners are 75th or below. That's why I got grades on them. I got Crowder on the bench. Over to the Texan side. I already told you I like Terod Taylor in this game. His receivers? I like both of them a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I do have I have C grades on both Cooks and Collins. You could, if oh, if we I were allowed, on if we were allowed, I would give Cooks a B pl- or C Just plus or B minus. Well, I mean, other than last week, Cooks has been mostly right. dependable this he, year. Here's here's the problem. Over the last over the last uh, four weeks, he's only seen five downfield looks past twenty yards, and that's where he makes his hay. Hmm. And he's not he because the line is not blocking for Tarad or any of them long enough to get those deep balls. All right, fine. I'll give it a B because I originally added a B as a B and changed it. Okay. Um let's hope let's hope he gets one of those big plays. But uh against this uh Jets team, the Jet the Jets have allowed 50 plus yards from the top two receivers seven consecutive weeks. Wow. So the top two receivers are getting work done. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm giving Collins a C grade too. He scored a touchdown last week, even though the refs took it away for no good reason. <laughs> um, Johnson, Burkhead, and maybe even Royce Freeman. No. You're on the bench. Yeah. You're on the bench. I, I don't even want to get into it. They were so inefficient. 18 carries for for uh, Burkhead last week made 40 yards. That's it. Like, they're so ineffective. That, and that the Jets' run defense walk. is terrible. Somebody, I think somebody probably gets a little something done. Oh. But it could be anybody. Yeah. And losing and, Lindsay and well, doesn't, really, is, doesn't really change anything. It's going to be like 46 yards and a score. The, the score will get it done, and we don't know who's getting it. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. 
When we come back, Panthers take on the Dolphins. Brian will tell you whether or not Cam Newton is going to continue the hot start he has had for the Carolina Panthers. When we return, you can get all of my player rankings available for free. GuillotineLeagues.com. If you've got questions on who to start, who to bench, GuillotineLeagues.com. We'll return to Fantasy Football Weekly in moments. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center. Center field, whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Football Weekly, last segment of our number one begins with a dissection of the Panthers taking on the Dolphins. Panthers offenses look rejuvenated with the return of Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton at the quarterback position. Brian, let's break it down, beginning at, beginning with Cam Newton, who has been fan, who is, we liked him last week, and he paid off. You like him here? Yeah, I do. I'm going to give him a B. Uh, he, he certainly has A upside, uh, but I like the matchups for his three primary pass-catching weapons. Uh, none of them are tight ends, by the way, uh, but we'll get into those guys in a minute. And uh, like I just said, Cam's legs are certainly still a weapon. Uh, Miami has faced three mobile quarterbacks over their last three games, Tarod Taylor, Lamar Jackson, and Josh, Al- Josh Allen. None of them really popped off, but they still combined to average 39 rushing yards which equals a passing touchdown in most yeah. fantasy formats. So mm-hmm. I think Newton's a safe B here with A upside. Uh, oh, there B, we B go. B grade, huh? It's, it's you a had tradition. to do it once, yes. B grade, huh? <laughs> Feels like I said that in three tough questions last week. There you go. Mm. You're right. I, and I didn't, so I am proven wrong so far. Uh, a B grade for DJ Moore uh, as well. Opposing wide receivers are averaging more than 15 catches, 190 yards, and a touchdown per game against the Dolphins. Moore caught a touchdown from Cam last week, so no concerns there. And uh, for those reasons, Robbie Anderson was might my, my take a chance on me wide receiver, seeing about just as many targets as DJ Moore. So I, I love the both receivers, and uh, you got to love – Christian McCaffrey, but it's not an easy A. It's not a Fonzie for C- Christian McCaffrey in, the, okay. in this game, even though McCaffrey has scored I was, 25. I was not exactly right. 
McCaffrey has scored 25 and 26 PPR points over the last two games. I will take it. But that's with just one touchdown. Yeah. Which is insane. 17 catches across the last two (laughs) games. It's great. For McCaffrey. Just just an absolute beast when healthy. And uh, quick side notes, once the uh, short sellers do cover AMC, will be an absolute beast as well, not financial (laughs) advice. Uh, Anyways. Back to football. McCaffrey, it is a tough matchup uh, it, uh, against Miami. The Dolphins' run defense has really stiffened over the last month. Over their last five games, opposing running backs have averaged just 46 rushing yards and no uh, rushing touchdowns mm. during that span. And granted, we're talking about the backfields of the Jets, the Ravens, the Texans, uh, and the Bills, and the Falcons. Uh, McCaffrey, better than all those guys well, combined. Yeah, like right. through, through The history of those franchises. Basically, uh, it is worth mentioning also that no opposing uh, running back has topped 50 receiving yards or scored through the air against Miami all season. So if anyone's going to snap that streak, it's Christian McCaffrey. So I'm still giving him an A, but it's not a, it's not a slam dunk for CMC. But when healthy, you're, you're clearly going to start him. Uh, over to the Dolphins side, uh, we'll start with Miles Gaskin. Just to see here, it's an even-numbered week for Miles, which I'm very concerned about. Science has proven that he goes off in uh, odd-numbered weeks and uh, uh-huh. struggle, struggles in uh, even-numbered <laughs> weeks. But uh, at least Carolina's run defense has softened since week three. They They've allowed 118 rushing yards per game since then, but be wary of what Gaskin might do through the air. The Panthers are allowing the fewest receptions and receiving yards per game to opposing running backs. I don't backs. want anything to do with Miles Gaskin this week. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a the soft, softest too, of seas. Uh, just yeah, I'm not too worried about Philip Lindsay. I mean, when you, probably not. When you, get, when you get released by the Texans, you're not you're not very good. Um, Gaskin, uh, I'm going to give him a C based on uh, expected volume, and uh, just to see for Jalen Waddle, who's pretty much been a, a safe B play at, at the very least. But uh, Guillotine League's writer Jake uh, Nagy, uh, of no relation to Matt Nagy, so Jake actually knows what he's doing. Mm, uh, this is what he had to say about Jalen Waddle. Waddle has developed one of the safest floors around, posting between 60 and 85 yards in five of his last six games and at least seven receptions in four of his last six. He'll need that safe floor against a Panthers defense, though, that is fairly stingy against opposing receivers. Uh, but that's largely a result of playing just four top 16 passing offenses all season. Uh, Carolina has been consistently cooked by quality wide receivers like Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and most recently Terry McLaurin, A.J. Bouye, and Jeremy Chin have been splitting slot duties for Carolina as of late. Both are allowing a passer rating of at least 95 on the season. Great work by Jake Nagy on that. Yeah, right there's there. uh, th- this cornerback group for the Panthers is suddenly uber deep, yeah. right? They added Stephon Gilmore. They added, they added in C.J. Henderson, A.J. Bouye, Dante Jackson. This is, and they already had a very good safety in Jeremy Chin. This is a... This turned into a very good second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, so I'm not getting cued at wide receiver two with Albert Wilson or Preston uh, Williams. Oh, They're no, both no, on the no, bench. No, uh, Mike Mike Gesicki's really wide receiver two for the Dolphins, uh, but of course he's tight end uh, eligible in fantasy football. That's the only thing he's eligible as. Uh, only one opposing tight end has topped 58 yards against the Panthers all year. Carolina also recently shut down the comparable Kyle Pitts, held him to two catches for 13 scoreless yards. Like Pitts, Kasicki uh, runs the vast majority of his uh, routes from the uh, slot or out wide. So uh, just a C for Kasicki. And Tua is on the bench for me in this one. When your over-under prop is set at 225 passing yards, you just stay away from that guy entirely in fantasy football. Okay. Uh, I've got the Vikings taking on the 49ers. Dalvin Cook, just a B, rare B grade. For Dalvin Cook in a tough matchup, only two runners have topped 72 yards against the Niners. That is not a particularly high threshold, and this could be a trickier matchup than it sounds like. San Francisco's biggest weakness 
is at the goal line where they are allowing a touchdown on half of the rushing attempts inside the 10, and the Vikings run the ball constantly inside the 10, so there's a good chance for a touchdown, though, for Dalvin Cook. Um, I'll note that Cook's only ranked 29th in attempts per broken tackle, and normally we think of him as somebody who breaks a lot of tackle. Heck, Alexander Madison. He's been at the top of that that. list many years. Many times, right? So I'm not saying something's wrong with him, but it just it doesn't seem to have the same level Hmm. of explosiveness and big plays off of making somebody miss. Pro Football Focus ranks the 49ers as the fourth best tackling defense. Hmm. So I don't see the big game coming from Dalvin Cook here, where I see it coming. Is through the air as the Vikings. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I love so many players here. Uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously, eh, coming up back-to-back games with over 140 yards. Jefferson runs almost evenly from every spot on the field, left, right, and slot, and has got positive matchups at every single stop. <laughs> How about this stat? As legendary as Randy Moss is, mm-hmm. in Randy Moss's first two years of football, he had 11 games with 100 yards. Justin Jefferson's already there with whatever, seven games left in the season to go on a better than Moss like clip for Justin Jefferson. Uh, He's an A grade. I've got a B grade in Adam Thielen. San Francisco has given up big games to receivers with competent quarterbacking all year, allowing a 90 yard receiver or multiple touchdowns to receivers when they've faced Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Hmm. Carson Wentz, Matthew Stafford. I think Kirk Cousins in that mix. San Francisco's cornerback trio of Josh Norman, Emmanuel Mosley, and Quan Williams all rank, they rank respectively by pro football focus, 96th, 50th, and 80th. So I like Thielen in many of these matchups. The only reason he doesn't have an A grade here is he is somewhat touchdown dependent. When he does not score, you usually get a good, not great box score from Adam Thielen. And... Tyler Conklin on the bench. Niners have been fantastic against tight ends since an opening week garbage time drubbing by TJ Hawkinson. San Francisco's only giving up per game averages of three catches for 24 yards and 0.3 touchdowns per game to the position. We're going to sit Conklin in this one. And that leaves Kirk Cousins at a B grade. The beauty of starting Kirk Cousins is that he never torpedoes your team with a terrible game. Yeah. He's thrown at least one touchdown in 34 of his last 35 <laughs> games. And then he periodically pops off for a monster game like the like the likes of which he had last week. He's found his way to three or more touchdowns on five different occasions this year. And as I mentioned, I like the wide receiver matchup, so I do like Kirk Cousins with a B grade in this one. All right, let's go over to the Niners. I told you I thought this was going to be a high-scoring game both ways, and it is. Yeah. Vikings are without all four of their starting defensive linemen in this yeah. game. That's not good. Not good. And that's why I I love many players here. Debo Samuel's an obvious A. Best receiver after the catch, and it's not even – you can't even have a rational conversation with anybody about anybody else in that conversation with the possible exception of Tyreek Hill for just speed – but nobody's more lethal after the By the way, I, I read a stat that the the defensive line for the Vikings with all the backups in dropped about 70 pounds per player. Oh, no <laughs> so, kidding. Yeah. <gasps> wow. That's amazing. Uh, I already told you Jimmy Garoppolo was my take a chance to be quarterback. Brandon Ike was my take a chance to be wide receiver. They have B grades in this game. George Kittle's got a B grade. He scored in all three of his games since returning from injury, re-cementing his elite status. Minnesota's found a way to keep tight ends out of the end zone, at least until last week when they surrendered their first score to the position. Um, Much of this is because they've only yielded two red zone touches and four red zone targets to tight ends. 
Uh, Anthony Barr comes back. He will be covering George Kittle extensively in this game. Still advantage Kittle, but uh, the Vikings have been very good against the position. All right, let's go to Elijah Mitchell. I believe he will play in this game off of the finger injury that kept him out last week. Jeff Wilson had all of the run last week and did nothing with it, which is great for Elijah Mitchell owners. That means that Mitchell should get the vast majority of the work here. Wilson does have a history as a goal line vulture, though, so I'll mention that, and I can see Wilson coming in and sniping touchdowns, but that's my only worry. When Mitchell's healthy, he gets all the work, and he's established a safe floor, averaging 17 touches and 90 yards per game. The Vikings have not allowed a running back to run for 80 yards since Nick Chubb did it in Week 4, but the Vikings missing all of those players on the defensive line. Mitchell could be sitting on a really nice game. Let's hope he's able to go. If he can't go, you could put a C grade on Jeff Wilson, although I didn't love what I saw last week. All right, final matchup of the segment is the Eagles taking on the Giants. Scott, Eagles have suddenly reversed the early season, all passing, no running. Now yeah. they're all running yep. and no passing. Yeah, they got to find some balance sometime, right? Right. <laughs> Although this is working way better for them. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, Jalen Hurts, obvious A, if he doesn't get it done passing like he didn't last week, he gets it done on the ground like he did last week with three rushing touchdowns. He gets it. He's He's been a top 12 quarterback 10 weeks, or not, nine or 10 weeks of this season so far. Mm-hmm. Obvious A there. You, you're not benching him. Devonta Smith, I also have an A grade on. He's, he's Hurts' main guy. He has 60-plus yards in six of eight games, and and now he's scoring a lot more as Hertz is progressing as a passer. Um, last last week was a little fluky with Hertz running three in, but he is the guy that Hertz looks to in the end zone. For sure. A grade on Smith. Watkins, <laughs> Quest Watkins, I'm sorry. Just when I start buying into him, his targets are ticking up and the schedule gets easier, then he goose eggs on us. I know. So I'm throwing Dropped him back. the touchdown two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I'm too. throwing him back on the bench. Uh, Dallas Goddard. B grade here. The Giants haven't allowed a touchdown since week four, but Waller and Gronk just ripped up the Giants the last two weeks for 92 yards and 72 yards, mm-hmm. and a bunch of the other tight ends did work too. It seems like that's a that's an area they're, they've been beaten recently in. Yeah, um, and you get a lot of targets out of Goddard. Yeah, yep, exactly. A lot of, lot of volume. That that There was where my point is going is he, those are the two guys that compare with Goddard as far as volume goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Sanders. B grade. Howard is out. That should mean a bigger lo- ba- workload for Sanders. Scott does a lot of stuff that that Sanders does. The reason Jordan Howard was come in, coming in is because he does the bang through the middle stuff. Boston Scott really doesn't do that. So Sanders isn't going to lose a lot of work to Scott on that angle. Uh, I think he might get up to his early season numbers of, of snap counts in this one. Um, the, the Eagles have been going to the running back 25 to 35 times per game, as we kind of yeah. alluded to. If he gets even half of that 16-plus touches... Um, <laughs> you're talking about a Giants team that all the backs that had 16 plus touches, uh, they averaged 107 yards. So I like Miles I like Sanders it. here. He too. catches passes too. Uh, my only concern is Hurts stealing goal line carries. <laughs> it's legit. <laughs> it's legit. On the other side, Daniel Jones. I have a C grade. He's got his wow. weapons back. Yeah, no, he, he was sharps out or not sharp. Sterling Shepard is Sterling out. Shepard's out. And oh yeah, Tony's doubtful. Me. That's right. I you know I wrote this down before I saw Tony went doubtful. 
You know what? I'm going to bench him now yeah, just with Tony Duffel. Yes, Duffo. he should be on the bench. <laughs> and he's Daniel Jones. The play's been so bad. Yeah, the, the Eagles have allowed seven seven quarterback touchdowns in just the last three weeks. But, yeah, with, with Tony out now, too, yeah. Shepard's Shepard. And I don't trust Freddie Kitchens to materially change no, the offense. No, and you can't trust Galladay. You can't trust Slayton. So the only pass catcher I trust is my take-a-chance-on-me receiver, I guess, tight end, yeah. Evan Ingram, because he's going to be the only one out there that can really make plays. Can he Can he throw? <laughs> they might have to run some. I, I don't know. I, I should look up his passing stats. <laughs> I have a B grade on Saquon Barkley. Not the greatest return against the tougher Bucks run D last week, but it lightens up here. Eagles are allowing the fourth most combo yards to running backs at over 140 yards per game. Wow. They're not going to have Booker on the field. Barkley's going to get. He's he's another week removed from that injury. He got some play in him. He had six catches in his first game back. He's a dual threat. B grade there. B grade there. Hey, from the th- uh, the the Thursday games, Dallas has lost three of the last four. Tony Pollard is simply a better running back than Ezekiel Elliott. Do you know how many yards rushing Ezekiel Elliott has in the last five weeks? No, one hundred ninety-nine. So under two five games, under two hundred in five games. Jeez. I don't I don't know if you meant to do it, but you called him Elliott there, and I like Ezekiel uh, yeah, Elliott. That's that, would be, that would be that would be that is a tough guy name right there. At some point, oh, he puts they, you through hell. At some point, yeah. they got to flip the usage on these guys. Jerry Jones and, with this ninety-one million dollar uh, toy. Do you think he want? He basically calls who uh, plays, right? Hour number two coming up next. Fantasy Football Weekly, including three tough questions for our panel of experts. See if you can go three and zero oh when we return. Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Football Weekly, Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I am at Paul Charchian. Scott is at ScottFish24. And Brian is BTXJ. If you follow me, you're going to have to put up with video games, bourbon, board games, 
and a fair amount of fantasy football mixed in there as well. Mm-hmm. Those are all good things. Those are I, in my. Yeah. They all go together. Yeah, in my world, do. it's it's all competitive gaming, baby. We love it. Uh, this is a segment we call Three Tough Questions. We encourage you to play along. Tough question number one. Better tight end prospect in future years. Kyle Pitts or Pat Fryermuth? We'll begin <laughs> with our Kyle Pitts apologist, Brian Johnson. Um, I'm going to have more counterpoints to this ridiculous question. Uh, Pat Fryermuth <laughs> clearly going to have a great year. He's having a great rookie year as an actual tight end. But I'm going to say uh, he is the better tight end prospect in future years because what? I truly believe that Kyle Pitts <laughs> oh, I get it now. will I know be moved to wide receiver because that is what he plays. And, yes, he's he is third among uh, quote-unquote tight ends in yards despite having his bye and despite being the only – Pass catcher which, that's which drawing double coverage. Pits, okay. yes, and his his quarterback is dust in, in Matt Ryan. But I I honestly believe, and I, I don't like it. Trust me that uh, Pitts is going to be moved to wide receiver, even but in fantasy football. That's in the not fantasy football world. I I disagree with you there because he he uh, for the plays contract. Wide- it, Falcons uh, won't do it for the contract. Well, right. his contract will be up in a couple of years. But okay. uh, <laughs> I, they they don't want to have to pay him like a wide receiver. They want to pay if Travis Kelsey well, hasn't moved. Position, his age, not then he won't he won't resign with Atlanta and he'll go somewhere well, else and play wide that. receiver because okay maybe we should have gone we should have gone to me first then I, <laughs> I figured yeah, better I figured. tight end prospect in future yeah. years truth hurts Pat Kyle Pitts or Pat Fryermuth <clears throat> excuse me so I'm still sticking with uh, see I love both these guys I think this is talking sure. to like. You know who's better for the future, Hill or Adams? You know, mm-hmm. like it's splitting hairs for me because I really I have both these guys in a lot of leagues. I love both these guys. Kyle Pitts just runs so many more routes. Uh, he he he, <laughs> he runs he runs so many more routes. He gets so much more air yards. He gets targeted on more routes. Um, his target share for the team is much higher. His catch percentage is about the same. Where the difference is is really touchdowns, and and the red zone looks are even like way in it, it way for Pat. Okay, Pat Fryermuth yeah. gets all the red zone looks. He gets so much touchdown targeting. That's kind of what you look for in tight ends. Because but t- touchdowns aren't super sticky. The problem is both we don't know who their quarterbacks will be next year. So I'm going to take the guy that I already know gets an elite level elite level number of routes. You know targets. Um, he's a bigger part of the offense, and I think he's just a better all-around talent because I don't know what each offense is, you know, what the touchdown offense is going to look like for Pittsburgh next year. This was a hard question. I think this is a legitimately tough question. Touchdowns aren't as sticky as routes Goofy loophole aside. Uh, First off, let's start here. I'm declaring victory in our heated preseason debates about Kyle Pitts. It's already over. That's not Ow. even. It is not even up for contest. He's third in yards among tight ends. Yeah, yeah what, what? Yeah, you're leaving out the one touchdown. Darren Waller has scored. two. Are you calling Waller? Cook that is. That is. That is. Uh, Waller has nothing to do with this conversation. Sure, he does. He's in the lead. He has been Pitts. over the past month. <laughs> over the past month, Kyle Pitts is tight end thirty-two in fantasy scoring. Yeah, he, three it's two tough with our rhythm. That is. He has. If you started Kyle Pitts every week of the season, he has hurt your team. That is indisputable. That is, he has hurt your team. 
Over the past five weeks, which is a sizable sample size, Pat Fryermuth mm-hmm. is tight end two in fantasy points. Tight end two. Over the previous five weeks, Kyle Pitts is tight end 32. So this is not, to me, this isn't close. It, that is a five-week sample, but they both have two top five weeks at tight end. They both have four top 12 weeks at tight end. And Pitts has eight top 24 weeks. Pitts has played Fryer four games over the last seven. five weeks, Charge. He had his bye during that span. So talk about skewed numbers. Oh, I'm st- <laughs> he's, he's got triple the yards. Did you, did you start him in his bye week? <laughs> um, no. Okay. Now I, here's, I now, here's the X factor here, and this, I really struggled. I re- I honestly struggled with with much of this. We know the Steelers have got a huge problem at quarterback beginning yeah. next year, right? I mean, and I mean they. This is it. This is the end of the run there. But they also know that. Yeah. And they will do, they'll take some corrective measure. Now, the corrective measure may not work, but they're going to do something about it next year. So then we look at Kyle Pitts with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, there's a chance they move on from Matt Ryan next year, but they will probably start him again next year. But Mm. we're at that stage where any year is where it could totally fall off for Matt Ryan. So then do you ride out Kyle Pitts not knowing when the end is here for Matt Ryan or are you better off with Pat Fryermuth and whatever rebuilding measure that they end up taking? And that's not obvious as to what what the right answer is on that. And Steelers have always had consistent tight end. Not not necessarily elite, but even back to the Heath Miller days, they've had mm-hmm. pretty consistent tight end. And they they you know they've targeted their tight end in the red zone for 20 years. And your case against Pitts in the summer was just he was a rookie tight end. It wasn't that Matt Ryan was going to be absolute trash, that uh, Calvin Ridley the was going to step away from the team, <laughs> uh, that Cordell, Cordell Patterson was going to be this ridiculous X factor out of nowhere. You so guys, you listen, can't take like no. This, that's this is where we are today, and <laughs> I won that. Listen, I won the preseason bet on whether or not he would live up to your ranking of tight end four. Your preseason ranking of tight end four is just it's just too he's high. He's what tight end rookie. eight right now? No, I bet he's not even that high. But that's not, it's um, still not four. Either way, I don't. That know. is <laughs> soundly seven games left. Six. Okay. Oh boy. After we're not grinding up <laughs> all of this. The correct answer is Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Tough question number two. Sabotage drop Russell Wilson. Scott Fish, what do you think? I believe I said in the preseason just not to draft him. because. <laughs> well, that's that's a whole other conversation, too. The, oh, here, take one of these. This, 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 this is not like candy now. This is, what we, <laughs> this is what we talked about in the preseason is the second half of the year is bad for him almost, <laughs> almost every year now. And now he's dealing with a finger injury. Um, there are enough QBs out there with the same that are going to put up similar or better production without the name value. So I, I say, sure. I, I don't trust the run game anymore. I don't mm-hmm. trust Pete Carroll anymore. I, I, yeah. So, yeah. Sabotage, sabotage drop. drop him. Brian, yeah. sabotage drop Russell Wilson. Uh, no, next week. Don't do it this week. You're going to play him this week against Washington, who has given up the most passing touchdowns uh, to quarterbacks. Of course. Uh, so you sabotage. Yeah, and you shouldn't. And don't sabotage drop at the end of the week anyway. No, no. Your yeah. sabotage drop Dude, window the, is next week after the big game here, against. Okay. So, yeah. I'll say yes if we're under that. Yes. Notion, but yes, after Sunday, yes, sabotage drop Russell Wilson for sure. Especially because I mean Russell Wilson in his career is ten and two on Monday night with absurd stats. Like, and it's a great matchup. The, again, for those that are not familiar, the point of the sabotage drop is to cost make other people. 
spend some kind of capital, their waiver spot or a bunch the, of fab a, a on a spot. guy who's not going to perform for them. Uh, yeah, and, and so you can't drop him at the end of the week because those pickups are free. Yep. You got to drop him at the beginning of next week. The second half of the sabotage is that they start him and they don't score. Yeah, that is, they the, that's delicious as well. Yeah. And by the way, Kyle Pitts is 10th right now in points per game among tight ends and non-PPR. He has had his bye, and despite that fact, he's third in yards and seventh in catches. Yes, the one touchdown. Matt Ryan has missed him on multiple occasions in the end zone. Right, I watched right, him with both I my eyes. Past okay. I'm very upset with this. Sa- <laughs> what was kidding. What was the correct answer? I know, but still. You were pooping Sab- all over my boy. Oh, no, anyway. you're, listen, he was ne- he never should have been ranked tight end four. That was ludicrous. Well, and, should, didn't and, we and have him at five or six? Have Darren Waller been ranked tight end two? I had him no. six. You guys I, talked me up to say I, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Should've I had him at six and moved him to five right at the end. Or no, I moved him back to six with uh, the injury to that's Back to Russell Wilson. There's still time. Get this, guys. Whatever. Over his last 15 games, which is a healthy sample size that goes back two Halloweens, Russell Wilson's average output is 215 yards and 1.4 touchdowns. Who else is 215 yards and 1.4 touchdowns? Who is the statistical comparables? Sam Darnold. <laughs> Tua Tungo Vailoa and Jimmy Garoppolo. None of them may be starters next year. That is your comparable to what Russell Wilson has delivered over the last year of and change of games. I just have to throw this in because it's hilarious. Josh Norris, you know Josh Norris, uh, formerly of Roto Word. He tweeted out a meme, a picture of Let Russ Cook next to a bowl of cereal with two uncooked hot dogs and a piece of undone or not melted cheese in it. And I'm like, that's that's about, about what he's right. cooking right now. Um Get this, the schedule. Another reason to sabotage drop Russell Wilson. The schedule, only one strongly positive game left at Houston. Every other game left is neutral or negative for Russell Wilson. And ask yourself this. With playoff time approaching, you need to get your quarterback to help you win three straight games in the playoffs. You can't trust Russell Wilson for that. He can't put together three straight good games. His offensive line ranks 24th in pass blocking by Pro Football Focus. He's only got one reliable target, DK Metcalf. So many things working against him. No running game. Yes, sabotage drop Russell Wilson, no matter what he does, against the terrible Washington secondary this weekend. Tough question number three. What is the appropriate level of concern for Daryl Henderson? Mm. None, some, or a bowel-loosening level of existential dread? Brian. I'm going none. Uh, he scored zero points last week, but that's because he was on bye. Um, <laughs> well, apparently only Kyle Pitts gets okay, not okay. docked for that. Okay. But anyway, third easiest remaining strength of schedule for running backs, uh, according to Fantasy Pros. And uh, Sony Michelle, no threat to really steal touches from Henderson. And without Robert Woods, he could see he, the Rams have deployed him as a, a wide receiver on multiple occasions, put him out wide and completed long passes to him. He's got a lot of air yards for a running back, so I I, I have no concern with Daryl Henderson. I see where you're going with this, and it's because his touches and his production came down the last two weeks last pretty, five. pretty pretty precipitously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the even even three to even four weeks ago, he still got like 18 touches. The week after that, he got 16 touches. Like the last two weeks were the ones that really killed people. Um, and the reason for that, the reason Michelle was getting nine touches per game. It's because they fell behind by two scores. 
I don't see the Rams doing that a lot going forward. I don't think they're that broken. I think this is a question of, do you think that the Rams are a little bit broken and they're going to be falling behind in games where Daryl Henderson isn't going to get the usage he does? And I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll be ahead a lot. I think he'll get his usage back. He's been a little dinged up. Um, Nobody else in that backfield gets the receiving work. I'm going to say... Some, but only because maybe the offense is broken and Daryl Henderson gets injured. It's it's something he does. He do, he's gotten hurt this year already a couple times. Played through it. He got hurt in previous seasons. Uh, the correct answer is some diminishing carries in five straight games. Hasn't topped ninety rushing yards all year. But maybe more than anything else, I'm just worried that Sean McVay's got this knee jerk willingness to bail on his running game the moment his team is down. Will the Rams fall behind at any point during this playoff schedule? Seattle? Probably not. Mm. How about at Minnesota with a good Vikings offense? Maybe. At Baltimore? Maybe. And if they fall behind, does Daryl Henderson let you down in one of those games where suddenly it turns into a seven-touch game? That's a good point. And that's what worries me. So I don't know that you can get through a playoff gauntlet where you can't afford any loss in three straight games, and that's why three. the answer is the appropriate level of concern for Daryl Henderson is some. Hmm. Sorkin won final matchup in this this segment. It's not our final final matchup. Ten, the Tennessee Titans take on the Patriots. Brian, there's yeah, nothing left of this. Here. There's nothing left of this this Titans offense missing. It's number one and number two wide receivers. It's number one tight end, and I don't know. We're down to like running back seventeen here. Should I just say I'm just going with uh, Doctor Hilliard was my take a chance yeah, on me that's running it. back. There's nobody that, else that's to start. Yeah, you can go to, look at the other wide receivers, but yeah. suddenly they're like the top option that it's going to get shut down by cornerback uh, mm-hmm. uh, J.C. Jackson, who's looked great. So yeah, you can't trust anyone in the passing game nope. except Hilliard out of the backfield. No, so you mentioned Marcus Johnson out as well. Number one, two, and three receivers are out. Yep. Uh, Johnson put on IR. By the way, he would have had a good game. You you had the right call, but he got hurt I, last I did week. Have the right uh, call. Des. Fitzpatrick and uh, NWI had a, a great game. But anyway, mm-hmm. basically, yeah, you're benching all Titans, uh, unless Hilliard, if you're desperate at running back, he's a t- he's take-on worthy. Uh, over to the Patriots side, the, uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson uh, both get a C for me in a likely timeshare in this one. Teams have been having way too much fun throwing on the Titans, but Tennessee just yielded 35 running back touches in a loss to the Texans. And in this game, sh- should offer uh, the same type of script for the New England running back. So uh, a C for both, just because they're going to kind of vulture each other yeah, in this unfortunately. one. Unfortunately, Stevenson maybe even gets the edge with the pass catching, but then again, yeah. they might never not even have to pass in this game. That's true. Uh, with that said, uh, just a C for Hunter Henry for me. The Titans are allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points per game to tight ends, and Jonu Smith might get some extra reps in this one. It is a revenge game after oh, all for your boy Jonu. Yeah, there but, we uh, go. He's still on the bench though. Jonu Smith, that is. I'll give yeah, a, a C to Hunter Henry. And now for Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, and Kendrick Bourne. Kind of tricky situation here. I'm going to give. Each one a C, but I don't know which one's actually going to have the the C-worthy game. The Titans are allowing the most of everything to opposing wide receivers on the season. But again, the the game script could uh, get flipped upside down. I'll go with Kendrick Bourne, who uh, has the most targets over the last two weeks uh, among the wide receivers and the most yards uh, at 140, and he scored a touchdown. Also four rushes. Uh, for 50 yards. So Kendrick Bourne, if you're ultra needy, uh, gets to see. And I- I'm sort of saying I'm worried about how much the Patriots are going to throw, but I still had Mac Jones. This might take a chance on me quarterback. I think they might let him uh, have some fun here, air it out a little bit. 
Sounds good. It's uh, it's just going to be as one-sided a game as as we'll see. Things were looking so promising for the Titans right before like Derrick Henry remember, went down. Remember when they when they yeah. beat they they hammered Patrick Mahomes and dominated that game, and it looked like they were as good as any team in the AFC. Fast forward what three weeks, and it's a complete disaster. Clinging to life, the exact at this same point. team. Absolutely. When we come back, the Browns take on the Ravens. Browns offense trying to rebound from a dud game, but they get back Kareem Hunt. We'll tell you what to expect from him and Nick Chubb in this matchup with the hated Ravens when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. We've got a block of matchups for you, letter grades, and all the players who matter. Browns take on the Ravens. Now, here's the um, the schedule oddity with this is the Browns are going to play the Ravens in consecutive games. They're going to go Ravens, bye week, Ravens, which is, I as far as I can remember, and I'm not an authority on this, I don't ever remember that happening before, I don't playing either. the same team consecutively. Mm-mm. That's it is it is bizarre. This is the first of the two matchups. Um, a grade on Nick Chubb. Um, although this is a little bit of a tricky matchup, as Baltimore allows the seventh fewest rushing yards, and only Dalvin Cook has allowed fifty has top fifty nine yards. Chubb has always shown up though against Baltimore. His career average hundred yards and one point three scores per game against his division rival. So we'll keep an A grade going there. Cream Hunt comes in with a B grade. He's uh, off IR. He's activated. He's going to go. Hunt can. Help on the ground, but I really like him here as a receiver. The Ravens allowing the fifth most receiving yards, the tenth most uh, receiving touchdowns to running game to running backs. So I think he finds a way to help out here. He's um, the hobble. You know, Baker Mayfield comes in somewhat, at least somewhat hobbled, and I believe that means that they're going to end up emphasizing the run a little more than usual here, and maybe some dump offs to Hunt as well. Also, because Baker's not good. 
Well, I'm not ready to go quite there yet. He's been playing hard yeah. all season long, and yeah, okay. I don't know. I mean, he has he's been injured and inefficient. Let's put it that way, and that's why he's on the bench here. He's had he's trying to play through knee, foot, and shoulder injuries. There, there's a scenario where he does, may not even finish this game. Who knows? <laughs> but um, he was unable to do anything against the Lions last week. I can't trust him in Baltimore, so he's on the bench. I've got. C grade on Jarvis Landry. Ravens have allowed the second most yards and eighth most touchdowns per game to opposing receivers over the last five weeks. And much of that production has come from outside receivers because Tavon Young is not allowed 50 yards or a score over those five games. And that's Jarvis Landry's a slot receiver. And that's why he's only a C grade. If you are really in a dart throw need, Donovan Peoples-Jones is... If he plays through his groin injury, and we don't know that he will, but the outside cornerbacks for the Ravens are just getting roasted. Over the past five weeks, they've allowed the second most yards to receivers, 215 yards per game. And I just said I'm not crazy about Landry in the slot. It's going to go to outside guys, and Donovan Peoples-Jones is the best they've got. Let's go over to the Baltimore side. Lamar Jackson full practices all week after the crippling injury of la- or illness of last week. A, um, he's got an amazing track record against Cleveland, and it probably doesn't stop in this game. Cleveland has understandably shut down the likes of Tim Boyle and Justin Fields, but good quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Mac, Mac Jones even counts here, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, just good, competent quarterbacking. Teddy Bridgewater, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert have combined for 18 touchdowns against the Browns, passing and rushing. So That's a lot. I, I, I like Lamar Jackson a lot in this one, and I like his receivers, especially Mark Andrews. Since Baltimore's week eight bye, he's gone from averaging seven targets per game to nine targets per game. That nine targets per game for a tight end is a ton. On top of that, he's seen 31% of the team's red zone targets on the season, which is amazing. Andrews has a great matchup against the Browns, who have given up the 11th most red zone targets to tight ends, which has resulted in the third most touchdowns to the position. In Andrews' last three matchups with Cleveland, he's dominated them with five or more receptions for at least 75 yards in every game. A grade for Mark Andrews. Marquise Brown is going to enter Sunday's game as questionable and really maybe even a game-time decision. We're hoping he goes here, obviously. Cleveland hovers around league average in every meaningful stat against opposing receivers. Brown's most common individual matchup will be Denzel Ward, and that is a challenging matchup. Ward is not allowed to score in coverage all year and has not given up more than 45 yards since week two in his coverage. Brown averages three catches, 45 yards, and just a quarter of a touchdown against four in four career games against the Browns. I would give him, normally, I, I would give him a C, but I'm giving him a B just because he's been so good all season in almost every game. But re, in reality, if I just throw out the past and I look at a, Injured player in a t- very tough matchup, he deserves a C, but I'm giving him a B because of his past work. Quick, uh, just to pile on the domination of uh, the Browns by Mark Andrews, five touchdowns across his last four. He scored uh, two touchdowns in two of those games. Jeez. Just just. He's got yeah, yeah, fantastic matchup for him. And again, A grade there. Rashad Bateman, we thought the breakout, we keep thinking the breakout game's coming. And it might have come last week if Lamar Jackson had actually played. It got, right. it got thwarted by Tyler Huntley. Um, with Jackson back, this matchup is just fair. Um, I'm worried about his matchup with 
on the outside with impressive rookie Greg Newsom. It's rookie on rookie. First-round rookie Greg Newsom's been good. He hasn't given up a score since week two. He's allowing a modest 46 yards per game in his coverage. And he'll also see some of Denzel Ward, who I just was talking about, as a very good matchup. So I, I'm nervous about Bateman here, just the C grade on him in this game. And the only running back he'll consider starting is Devonta Freeman. So last week, Latavius Murray came back, and I thought, Murray would go back to the depth chart, top of the depth chart and get most of the work, but that was not the case. It was actually Freeman who got much more work and more and was more effective than Murray. So he's your lead running back. The Browns are pretty tough on paper as a run defense, allowing the eighth fewest rushing yards on the sixth lowest yards per carry. But lately they've been gashed by high leverage starters. Over the last four games, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Ramondre Stevenson, and DeAndre Swift, who are all way better than Freeman. Granted, but they've averaged 120 yards and one and a half touchdowns per game. So if we can get half that out of Devonta Freeman, there's your C grade Mm -hmm. for Freeman right there. Next matchup, and it's a doozy. Yeah. Rams taking on the Packers. Scott, the Rams offense has gotten itself in big holes in each of the last two games and been out of sync. Do they get healthy here? Against the Packers. Yeah, just start everyone in this game, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so on on the Rams side, I have a B grade on Matthew Stafford. Even though Cousins torched the pack last week, they'd only allowed three passing touchdowns in the previous five weeks combined and an average of 208 passing yards per game during that stretch. Also, Stafford and the Rams offense hasn't looked good in the last two weeks. It's looked off. Something's been off. The well, bye week. No, Robert Woods is, is certainly a far yeah. part of that, don't you think? Yep, absolutely. And you can't just go, hey, Odell Beckham, go be Robert Woods. Exactly. Take and, handoffs, and he's not, he's end not around, Woods. stuff like No, he's That's, not. No, he's not that guy. So I have a B grade on Stafford because his worst game this year is 243 yards and a score, which, like, if that's his yeah. floor, then I'm still going to give him a B right. and hope that that offense turns around. Uh, Cooper Cup is an obvious A. I don't think we need to talk about him at all. No. Yeah. OBJ and Jefferson. Here's where it gets interesting for me. Oh, kidding. Uh, what? No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Normally when people are teams are, you know, have wide receivers that are going to split, I'm like, you're going to mo- monopolize each other. I don't like you. This is the rare opportunity where I'm going C grade on both, but I know that one might fail. <laughs> <laughs> or, well, yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. Somebody will probably have some success. Yes. But it's well, so I do that all the time. You can give multiple C's to guys on the same team. They have that potential, oh, but it doesn't I, mean they're I, both going to produce it. I, I do th- I do that, but I, I believe in this one, they actually have a pretty decent shot, shot because a lot of times the number two receiver in this offense, who was usually Robert Woods, but sometimes it was Van Jefferson, and yeah. in the past it was you know Brandon Cooks, the number two receiver performs in this offense, mm-hmm. and it's going to be one of those two guys. So I think one of these guys is going to perform on a B level. And I think the others going to perform on a C level. But you're not willing know. to stick your neck out. I on just which don't one? know which one is which because Coward. we don't know OBJ's role at all. We just have no b- data to back that up. He hasn't topped 81 yards in two years. Right. I think I don't. I don't think OBJ is ready for it yet. Yeah, he's he's had like Freddie Kitchens level <laughs> coordinators, not Sean in McVay some cases. level. And that, that is a factor, but Stefanski's no slouch. Yeah, that's true. This that's is true. yeah, and this is the best quarterbacking he's had. Ever. Yeah. Uh, 
Henderson, I'm giving a C grade too. We we've already talked on this show <laughs> exhaustively how he's been the last couple weeks, and that's why he's. He, I would normally give him a B, but the last couple weeks have been that way, and I could see them falling behind to the. They Rams. could fall behind. They to could the fall Packers, behind, sure. and it yeah. could be it could be yeah. a replay of the last mm-hmm. two weeks. Michelle's stolen nine touches per game over the last three. That's why he gets the C for me. He's going to get the volume, but yeah. maybe nine, maybe it's nine. another game like the last couple weeks. Agreed. Uh, Rodgers, on the other side, I have a B grade for. After that one week one debacle against the Saints, Rodgers has thrown multiple touchdowns in all but one game. That game, he still had 292 yards. That's a good game. Yeah. In a tough spot against the Rams, they've just allowed three multiple score games and just two 300-plus yard days this season. I'm only giving Rodgers the B instead of an A because his ceiling remains just through the roof. When he's on, he's on. Yeah, this is this is so tricky with Rodgers. So no, no left, no left didn't tackle. Practice and Von Miller coming yep. at you from that same spot. And, and finally, Von Miller's got some like he he wasn't great his first game, right? But he's had two weeks to, right to, and to get healthy as yes, a big part of it. Exactly. I I I'm nervous. <laughs> of, I think Rodgers has. Brady, big downside in this. Always has upside. The only two quarterbacks on Rodgers' level that played the Rams, uh, Tom Brady and Kyler Murray, had 700 total yards and four scores against Mm -hmm. the Rams. So they performed too. Uh, Devontae Adams, like Cooper Cup, is just an obvious A. You're you're not benching him. Even with Jalen Ramsey shadowing him virtually all game. Yeah, they can double him, and I'd still trust Devontae Adams to get red zone targets that might score touchdowns. I do have MVS on the bench, though. I, I, it's just too tough of a matchup. Uh, and if Lazard comes, Lazard comes back, which it sounds like he will, MVS pops off when Lazard is out. He, he quiets down when Lazard is in. They spread it around a little too much. So I have MVS on the bench. AJ Dillon and Aaron Green, or Aaron Green. Wow, Aaron Jones. That's yeah. a flashback right it there. It is right there. Um, Aaron Jones, this is a really tough one. Aaron Jones has practiced Monday or th- Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but a lot of injury the- experts, including Stefani Bells, have said the Green Bay Packers are notorious for being very conservative. Cautious. And they've got the bye week coming. And they've got a bye week. The next only way week. Aaron Jones plays is if he is all at or near 100%. 100%. And then exactly. he's got to start. Wow. But That's exactly where yes, my mind because was. Because of the, the looming bye week, there's yes. no way they play him unless he's almost full health. That's, so, wow. That's, I think you'll. We're, if, we're of same mind here. Right. That's exactly what I was going to say. So, my belief is he is out. So I am giving A.J. Dillon the B grade here. Mm. Uh, Neither Wilson nor Mitchell were very effective in Von Miller's first game with the Rams, uh, but Mitchell had an okay day due to huge volume. This is where Dillon stands out from those guys. Where Dillon stands out from those guys is he gets receiving work. Those guys didn't at all. Uh A.J. Dillon had six catches in his his full game there, six for 44 yards. Um, He's basically a lock for 16-plus touches. Uh, backs with that receiving workload and touches have done fairly decently. So be great on AJ Dillon. Yeah. I, you know, Dillon uh, looked okay last week, but as we talked going into last week's game, it's the receiving work that's going to keep him safe. It's mostly the catches. I feel like Aaron Jones is a much more effective receiver. He but, is for but sure. He's a very natural Dylan fluid still receiver. Gets it. Dylan yeah. can catch. Yeah. But Jones is efficient just, with it. So fluid with yes. it. Right? Yeah. It, just, it looks yeah. good. He's meant to catch the ball. Yep. Well, when we come back, premature speculation will give you three players to pick up this week that everybody else is going to be trying to pick up next week. And 
Chargers taking on the Broncos. We'll tell you what to expect from Justin Herbert and that passing game. Can Mike Williams make it two in a row? All that and more for the final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Football Weekly, Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, and Brian Johnson with you. Yes. If you miss any part of the show, uh, you can get all my player rankings available for free at guillotineleagues.com. This is a segment we like to call Premature Speculation, where we give you three players you'll want to pick up now that your opponents will be trying to pick up next week. Scott Fish, who you got? As always, I sometimes I really like to go deeper on this segment because yes. because I, I feel there are people in deep leagues. This guy is available in ninety eight percent of leagues. Okay, seventy percent of the snap snaps last three weeks. Second in targets over the last three weeks on his team. Mm. DeAndre Carter. He's got touchdowns in three straight weeks. And get this, since week four, he leads the Washington football team in t- in red zone targets. Wow. All yeah. right. They, the Was- they have said, the B-Riders have said Heineke and him have a great rapport. Curtis Samuel is likely still out. He's only put in two limited practices since the re-aggravation of his injury. Mm. It's a- And here's the thing. They play Monday night. If he blows up on Monday night, you already got him. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to go next because I'm just going to piggyback off another Washington player. All right. Logan Thomas. Uh, Brian had mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, but he's finally getting to the point where he's ready to play at this stage, although he may not go in this game. But I don't. this game has no, no bearing on, on this. I'm looking forward beyond this week. We all need tight ends. Remember, in his th- three full games this year, he scored twice. He's scored in two of the three games, and he was very good last year. Washington desperately needs uh, more receiving options, although you just mentioned um, that there there are others they, they emerging do. as well. <laughs> they need some. Um, in his stead, Ricky Seals-Jones was freaking viable for fantasy. He was. Use, and he's a fra- he's fractionally healthy. as good as Logan Thomas. So, Logan Thomas is my guy. What would that fraction be? Uh, a fifth? I think a fourth? It's, no, it's, it's seven sixteenths. Okay, there it is. Yeah. Uh, Brian, 
your take a chance. I'm sorry. Your premature speculation player. I think you had people on the edge of their seats when you said you're going to use a Washington player, and they're like, Stu Beard. And then it wasn't Stu Beard. I I, I thought he was coming back anytime soon. They keep pushing his timetable back. Well, speaking of a guy coming back, probably not this week. Uh, and when he comes back, I can't promise you he's going to stay healthy. And that's uh, Miami wideout Devontae Parker. Uh, mm. Most likely coming back next week. You can grab him now. According to Fantasy Pros, the Dolphins have the easiest remaining strength of schedule among wide receivers. So if you're needy at the position, Devontae Parker. Chargers take on the uh, Broncos, Brian. Uh, we, we already know what we're going to do with Austin Eckler. There's a lot more intrigue in the passing game here. Talk to me about Justin Herbert, and I'm especially interested in, in whether or not we can get a good game out of boom or bust guy Mike Williams. Uh, yeah, this is the first meeting of the year between these divisional rivals, so we can't uh, go back to recent history. But uh, in Herbert's last or his lone trip to Denver last year, he threw for 270, 278 yards and three touchdowns, so uh, mm-hmm. Air Bear can handle the thin air. The Broncos have surrendered multiple passing touchdowns in four of their last six games. Only Taylor Heineke and Case Keenum failed to, to hit the, the multiple touchdown mark, but they each had one. And uh, the Chargers are likely, or they are, the most high-octane offense uh, Denver has seen during that same time span. So an A for Air Bear, uh, an A for Keenan Allen. Uh, per Next Gen Stats, Allen is ranked among the top 15 pass catchers in percentage of his team's air yards over the last three weeks. That pairs nicely with the fact that Denver gives up the third highest average depth of target at 9.3 yards. Allen has also scored in his last two games at Mile High, or whatever they call it now, like Corpo.com at Mile High Stadium, but uh, easy A for Allen. Uh, not an A for Mike Williams. I'm going to give him a B. Denver has allowed six wide receiver touchdowns over their last five games. Williams has averaged five catches and 86 yards over his last four games against the Broncos. So I like Williams in this one. All right, you're, don't you're, you know like, you're, you're a lot you're you feel a lot more confident about Williams than I do or anybody else who started him for the last <laughs> six weeks. I do. I like him this one. That's all why right. I gave him the B. And I don't okay. like Jared Cook. He's on the bench. Uh, Denver has not allowed a tight end touchdown all year, so that's pretty easy bench grade for him. And an easy A for Austin Eckler over their last over their last seven games. Denver is allowing. 162 combo yards and a touchdown per game to opposing running backs. And that has been to the incomparable likes of the Ernest Johnson, J.D. McKissick, Kenyon Drake, and Boston Scott. And by saying that, you can't compare those guys to Austin Eckler, of course. Uh, Over to the Denver side. And this Denver side is fascinating because what felt like a massive opportunity for the running backs gets blunted a little bit by the loss of both of the starting tackles for the Broncos. And so when I went into the week, I'm like, Melvin Gordon Mm -hmm. and Devontae Williams are sitting on giant games. Now I'm not so sure. What do you think? Yeah, I had I had Bs for both of them, but based on both tackles being out, like you just said, I'm just going to give each a C. Uh, the Chargers are yielding 30 touches per game to opposing running backs who are averaging 145 combo yards and one and a half total touchdowns per game. Uh, so just to see for both, it is a revenge game for Melvin Gordon. Javante Williams, on a per-touch basis, has been out of this world. Like, the best no. running back in the NFL, but the problem is Gordon gets a lot of the touches. But uh, And in fairness, as much as I want Javante Williams to just earn and keep that job and just be the starter. Melvin Gordon's look good. Yeah. I mean, if not, you just, Melvin Gordon's not bad, just, but yeah. Yeah. He's, he's looked good. Yep. But not as good as Williams. Who's looked awesome, but he's looked, he, I don't, not so bad that there's any reason to bench Gordon. Williams will have his day as a bell cow someday, but it's probably not going to oh, be next this. year. Next uh, year. Yeah. Contract for, up mm-hmm. for the, to, uh, to the wide receivers for the Broncos, uh, Jerry Judy, just to see for him, he will draw a tough coverage from slot corner, Chris Harris, Judy's the top option at wide receiver, but this is a better matchup for the Broncos' boundary receivers, actually. Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick 
Over the last three weeks, Devonta Smith, Justin Jefferson, and Deontay Johnson have combined to average seven catches, 119 yards, and .7 touchdowns against the Chargers, who could also be without Asante Samuel, who's concussed last week. Um, not a lot of history to, to base uh, on uh, for Sutton and Patrick. These two combined for just one game against the Chargers last year. Patrick had three catches for 39 yards. Uh, but just to see still for both of those guys, I think they might vulture each other. Uh, a B for Noah Fant, though. The Chargers have been bleeding points to the tight end position, allowing the second-most fantasy points, the fifth-most red zone targets, and the second-most touchdowns at eight. Uh, four of those eight touchdowns have come over the last two weeks uh, from opposing tight ends against the Chargers. So I like Fant, who uh, in his two games against the Chargers last year averaged six-and-a-half catches and 56 yards. And now to Teddy B., uh, not even Teddy C. I've got him <laughs> on the bench, even though I gave all his pass catchers a starting grade. That doesn't mean they're all going to earn that starting grade. Uh, mm-hmm. It's And with, the, with the, the beat-up line as well, I still think they lean on the run a little more in this one, so you can find better options with quarterback than Teddy. I concur. Final segment, is, or final matchup, is the Seahawks taking on Washington. So let's, uh, let's begin with... Uh, Let's begin with Russ. We already hammered Russ pretty good uh, earlier in this show, mm-hmm. but this matchup's very, very tempting to call a slump buster. It's uh, it's goes Washington ranks 28th in passing yards allowed, 31st in passing touchdowns allowed, and they just let legendarily inaccurate passer Cam Newton throw a six inter- incompletion game. That is not cool. So I've got a B grade on, on Russell Wilson. I think he's absolutely startable in this matchup, and this might be it for the year. Uh, DK Metcalf also with a B grade is has only 57 total yards in the two games since Russell Wilson came back from that finger injury. Injury. Fortunately, Washington allowing 190 yards to opposing receivers. That is fourth most. And they've allowed a receiver to score in nine of ten games. And if there's a touchdown to be had from a receiver here, DK Metcalf is likely the guy. Tyler Lockett, just the C grade. You know, you know the story on Lockett. It's all boomer bust. And obviously he's got boom capability against a bad secondary. Um, but they aren't giving him necessarily explosive games like the kind Lockett usually needs. So, you know the drill, plenty of risk, plenty of reward. Um, I've just got the C grade on Lockett, and I think there's more likely to bust than boom. And the whole running game's on the bench. These guys have been a disaster. Alex Collins, despite double-digit carries in seven straight games, has only topped the meager threshold of 47 yards one time. And he's scored just twice in those seven games. And Washington's actually turned into a very good run defense for all the problems they've got against the pass. Nothing against the run. They're fourth in rushing yards allowed over their last three games. And only one rushing score in that time. Only Alvin Kamara has topped 62 rushing yards against them. On the Washington side, let's credit Taylor Heineke for playing very well over the last two games. I thought three Mm -hmm. games ago, I'm like, they were talking about benching Taylor Heineke. Now... He's played well these last two games, 77% completion rate, four touchdowns and no picks over I, the last two games. I will still say, he still like makes some crazy boneheaded overthrows and mistakes with the ball, but didn't didn't cost him the last two games. No, he, no, he didn't. Uh, both wins. Uh, even more impressively, he's done so against two solid defenses, Tampa and Carolina, and he faces an improved Seattle secondary that's playing very well. Well, until yielding to Colt McCoy last week. They had been playing well. Even if you include McCoy's performance last week, the average passing game against Seattle over the past five weeks 
is a modest 261 yards and just one touchdown pass per game. So I like Heineke here with a C grade. Terry McLaurin gets a C grade as well. It's been a roller coaster mm. ride all year with over 100 yards and a touchdown in four games and 62 or fewer scoreless yards in the other six. Oh boy, I know that's, that's... the that's the risk reward you get out of Terry McLaurin, which I don't I don't know about you, Scott. I didn't necessarily expect that for him no. because previously he'd always been a very safe play. Yeah. What do you think this week? You going boom or bust? Uh, no, I'd be more on the boom side. I I think that's going to be more of a shootout than than people mm-hmm. think. Um, what will you give? De- what will you give DeAndre Carter for this game? How about a C? I don't think I'd even give. I I would have tough time even doing that. But my my point on that is like if, if people watch him on Monday night, they're going to realize he exists, mm-hmm. and that would be his fourth straight game with the touchdown if he scores. Right. It's tough to trust him though. I don't have him starting, but okay, they, they, right, they we'll keep him like on him. the. I had a bench grade, but yeah. I, you know, but you kind of talked me into it during premature speculation, so I wanted to give you the chance. Um, J.D. McKissick was my take a chance on me running back. Let's talk about Antonio Gibson in two games since Washington's bye, both upset victories. Oh. Gibson's handled at least 19 touches and totaled at least 78 yards. And most encouragingly, he's handled both of Washington's carries inside the 10. Seven of the eight rushing touchdowns Seattle has allowed have come from inside the 10. And if there's a touchdown to be had from inside the 10, it probably goes to Gibson. So a B grade for Gibson in this game. Logan Thomas, we're going to keep on the bench until we know for sure Mm -hmm. that he's a go. And it's a Monday night game. You're not going to know until Monday night, so we can't start him. Yep. Um, All right, final few uh, moments of this show. Let me hit you guys with a couple of uh, couple of topics. Can we just straight up drop Zach Moss? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't love that situation at all. The coaches have indicated they want to get Brayden more work, and when they did, he still looks good. But it's enough mm-hmm. of a split that you don't love starting either Moss or Singletary. But if he's back in this, he's he's backed all four paws back into the doghouse. Yeah, he's what back. He's, done. he's deep in the doghouse after yeah. being inactive on Thursday. I'm, I'm holding him. You know, if I'm not competing in a dynasty league and just praying for next year, but in redraft, absolutely. Here's he's why. Gone. Here's why I'm not even holding him in a dynasty league. With running backs, within two years, for running backs, you know in two years what you got. Some guys, the rookie year doesn't pan out, and then the second year, it does. If you don't do it in two years, you're not going to do it as a running back in this league. I didn't say I wouldn't. I'd hold him through the draft next year, the rookie draft, but I'm holding him till at least through the offseason. I don't think he's startable at the end of the year. And honestly, this feels like they keep just throwing stuff out there to try to figure out the run game Mm -hmm. in what's already a good offense. They just need the run game. I think they draft or go out and get someone. I think they draft somebody too. If Devin Singletary (laughs) can average five yards per carry and Zach Moss is three and a half. Watch it. Watch the Melvin Gordon's contract up. Okay, that could be. Uh, Darren Waller is going to miss some period of time at, at, as as we're recording this. We don't know exactly how long. Mm-hmm. Is Foster Moreau an automatic ad? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's proven so. when Waller's been out, Moreau has put up big numbers, and uh, tight ends are a big part of that offense that is missing pass catchers. I got to throw out real quickly Brian Edwards just getting dunked on by Zay Jones and Deshaun <laughs> Jackson. Yeah, well, how about that? Is killing me. It's killing me. Uh, Yes, add Foster Moreau. Absolutely. Foster Moreau is the best backup tight end in the league by talent. And he's a beast. He is huge, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Foster Moreau becomes a priority tight end ad for those people in a pinch. Yeah, people people probably forget even in Waller's big year, Moreau still had five touchdowns. Like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. He gets so, those that plays. says plenty, doesn't it? Uh, if you're listening to the show over the air, know that the podcast for Fantasy Football Weekly is available and vice versa. If you're podcasting this show, know that it's broadcast on your favorite sports talk.
talk radio station in many markets. You may be able to hear it live there as well. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Good luck in this, the Feast or Famine week of Fantasy Football Weekly. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.